0: and we ran our first AP test together and it was mostly like an A test because there wasn't too many differences, but we were so freaking happy that this lost completely bombed, <laughs> of course.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of From A to B. We have Shiva and I'm joined by Yuliana Run the Jewels. That's your nickname. I give everyone a nickname. So your nickname is Run the Run Jewels. The Jewels. <laughs> Run the Jewels. Do you know what that's from?
0: No, but but it but sounds good.
1: It's a rap group with Killer Mike.
0: Oh, I like Killer Mike. I didn't know that's... He's great. Oh, that's embarrassing. I'm, I'm, losing, I'm losing my, my hip hop card right now. <laughs>
1: Well, for those who are on video who will see this at some point, Yuliana <laughs> also has some pearly whites and brand new teeth, and she looks fantastic.
0: Yeah.
1: For you podcast listeners, I'm sorry you don't get to see this. Um, but I will post plenty of photos for you to check it out later on LinkedIn. I could
0: just put a picture of my teeth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be your teeth. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So the topic for today is a topic that is a listener question mm. topic. Yuliana, run the jewels, (laughs) Yuliana. how did you break into experimentation? That's what I want to learn because I think that's a topic that there are some folks who are trying to understand. How do I pivot into experimentation? Maybe I'm an engineer and I'm trying to learn experimentation, or maybe I'm a project manager, or product owner. I think the more we can encourage people to understand experimentation principles, that only benefits the experimentation community when you have that ally and that partner who understands what you do to be able to partner with you on it. Before I ask you that actual question, because I already did, in, but anyway, I'm kind of all over the place. What is your professional path? What is pre-CRO red pill, Juliana?
0: Dude, like I never once in my life thought I was going to work in CRO or work with CRO for experimentation.
1: Did you hate us?
0: No, I just like I, w- <laughs> I was always like CRO adjacent and experimentation adjacent to everything that I did. I started in sales years ago. For- this is actually my... F- 14 year in the business in marketing. And I started in, in sales and I was selling the internet over the phone and I was selling different sales shit over the phone. I was cold calling people. That's how I started. And then I pivoted to marketing and I pivoted to a uh, product. You know, eventually for anyone that's thinking about jumping into experimentation, they first have to have the right mindset and idea of what experimentation is because it's not something that just happens on the website. Don't listen to what people on LinkedIn tell you. It's not about,
1: Hey, Listen to what Shiva tells you on late.
0: Besides Shiva.
1: Thank you. <laughs> cool. Respect the game.
0: And it's like, it, it's really hard right now. If you would look on social media and you do like five, 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 six scrolls, you would see that most people have this idea that experimentation is related to test winning or losing or which test performs better versus what the, I, I mean, which variation performs better than other, you know, whatever
1: the science.
0: It's not even that. I wish it was that. So in order for anyone to jump into experimentation, you have to first understand what is experimentation. It's not just something that happens on the website. It's not just your purchasing funnel or your call to action or your PDP. It's just basically the, the industry of better decision making. So better decisions happen in, more than on your website, more than on your, you know, checkout and so on. Even if you're an engineer right now, even if you're a marketer, even if you're an analyst, you still participate in the process of better decision making because you're doing your part of the job. So your part of the job accumulates to the bigger picture of making decisions and taking action from from data. In my case, I was working as a product owner. When I started working for Omniconvert, who everyone probably knows or they don't know, you have to be old enough. They used to sell, they still sell a CRO tool. So I was working for them, I wasn't on the CRO part, I was on the retention part. You would still have to deal with that part. Being vendor side, you get a different perception about experimentation than you would get as a practitioner because as a vendor, you just want to sell your shit and there's nothing wrong with that it is what it is you're building a product you're building a strategy a go-to-market strategy and you want to sell it to people that actually do this but you don't do this so i wasn't doing anything like this the most i did that on the convert was uh, a button test (laughs) with a tool i was like oh shit (laughs) Had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Did it win? Hell no, it didn't win. I didn't like. (laughs) I I, I didn't know. I was a product person. For me, it was all about go to market strategy. For me, it was about implementing, you know, customer data and customer feedback into innovation and stuff like that. As a as a vendor side, I was thinking like, yeah, you know, everything should be idealistic. The data should be good. You always kind of have statistical significance. MDs that kiss each other under the sunlight everything is perfect (laughs) and then you actually when i was at cxl after i left Omniconvert, i was working still in product but as a product as product growth so then is when i actually started doing different tests but not on the cxl website but email tests because i was uh, handling the customer marketing aspect with kyle shows to kyle and being at cxl and being exposed to you guys at spiro being exposed to piv being exposed to like the way, you know, you guys think about experimentation, I obviously kind of got, like, fascinated and, like, fangirling Ben and, and you and all of you guys. And I was like, oh, shit, you know, this is actually really cool and it does make sense. So then is when I actually started doing more in terms of, not uh, A B testing, but personalization. That is when I took it a bit further. But for CXL, personalization made sense because they're a mature company. So if you hear me, don't start with personalization. It doesn't mean it's going to work for you if you just started your company. Anyway.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to see that you were adjacent. Adjacent. Right?
0: Always adjacent. You were
1: always like watching the cool kids, but yeah. we're never part of the cool kids right? You were selling to the cool kids. Yeah. And then you were also selling to the cool kids. And now you have become one. What was the thing that drew you the most to experimentation? Because like, obviously you're still doing it. But what first got you into it?
0: Well, I was taking the... the, And I'm not trying to plug CXO like this right now, but it's it's the, it's the reality. I, I plug
1: Spiro all the time. is the, exactly, yeah. the reality.
0: Exactly. Yeah. is the reality. Pep told me to take the technical marketing mini degree years ago when I was working there. And I was like, sure, you know. So I took the technical marketing mini degree. I knew most of that stuff about data because I was, you know, always working with it. But then I took um a time wrestling A B testing mastery course. I was like, oh, shit, because Tan, Tan is Tan. Like, I learned so much. Tan's the best. Yeah, I know. Like, I love that guy. So uh, once I took that course and I started learning about prioritization, about building a hypothesis, about challenging, you know, uh, challenging the control, challenging the winner, like, I was like, oh, shit, this is really, really cool. So I remember that after I took that course and I failed that fucking test a few times until I passed, that's one of the hardest tests on CXO. Yeah. Next to the one from the statistics course from Georgie, Georgie. The one I never passed it's all good (laughs) um that's that course kind of like got me super curious so when fast forward like a year ago I started working at media as a digital analyst so I was just working with data I couldn't help myself because like when you start learning about A/B testing, about statistics and things that, you know, like experimentation, you develop if you don't have already. For me, I already had it because I was working with data, but you develop critical thinking and you develop this type of doubt that you have. is like that meme with doubt.
1: Do you think it's you develop the critical thinking or did it help you contextualize it?
0: So for me, I already had it because I work with data. If you are just starting out, you don't have the opportunity unless you work to build that type of critical thinking. Thinking because you don't have you're not capable yet of discerning between this is good or this is bad. So you need knowledge to be able to discern in general and experience. So for me, the knowledge came from data and from product because it's very, very similar. But if you are just right now, you're just finishing college, you just want to start in uh, in marketing and you decided to start with experimentation, the best thing you can do is to build that type of experience to develop critical thinking.
1: So on that note, you were in product. You had questions you want answered. You want to understand the users better. You want to know what makes them tick. Yeah. Were you almost at like a... uh... I wish there was some way to know what's happening and how to optimize better. And lo and behold, this thing comes down the escalators of heaven to that CRO coming down from the escalators of heaven. That's coming down and is like, "Oh, this is the magic box that will help you guide you in your decision making." So many product owners and I think just general people are just seeing this and they're like, are seeing their jobs and they're just making decisions based on their experience, their knowledge, a very light touch of data without true experiments being. in any capacity.
0: Oh, yeah, I have very strong, as you know, (laughs) strong opinions. So I got you. (laughs) But for product teams, the biggest, most important KPI is rolling out features. Deep down, we all know that we need to test different features before we launch them. We need to test different uh, hypotheses before we actually, you know, put them in front of a user.
1: I think we collectively, CROs and good product owners, believe that. I don't think everyone believes
0: that. Yeah, I mean, my luck was to deal with people that selection bias. Of course, it, correct, correct. <laughs> depends. <laughs> yeah. It can be all types of people. But for me, what I've seen and what I've experienced, like I was trapped on how many features I was releasing per quarter, how many bugs I was fixing, how clean the backlog was. So that was my intent. I was, however, implementing customer feedback at all times because voice of the customer data has always been something that interested me and something that I've been practicing for years, since 2016, since I just started this shit. And I was doing customer support chats. Even at CXL, there were people on LinkedIn coming on the CXO customer support and they were team. You're like, oh, I know you from LinkedIn. I was like, that's right. Like, I actually do this and learn what you guys are talking about. In product teams, this is kind of like what we are stressed about, rolling out features. So to integrate experimentation and A-B testing into that type of crazy, chaotic environment is very hard because it's like a negotiation type of thing because you have to convince UX, UI, you have to convince developers, you have to convince the project manager, the product manager, you have to convince whoever you know is on top of that person to to actually carve some space to build a test. And for me, I work 99% with mobile apps. So for me, any A-B test that I would launch is a new app release. So imagine like that's a fucking, you know, uh, ordeal on its
1: own. To add to that, it's another thing to learn. Exactly. And then implement. Exactly.
0: So it's hard to sell experimentation in that type of environment. Like, ain't nobody got time for that, you know? <laughs> yeah. In this type of circumstance, when you are, you have to build this type of like thick skin and have this type of negotiation to explain what's the value of experimentation and how it maps to the product goals and how it maps with the business goals. Because most of the times we don't realize that, okay, we will stop our flow and spend like two, three days to build the test. However, the value that we're going to get from knowing if this is the right thing to do. It's bigger than anything else. That's kind of it. Like it's a negotiation.
1: So you've convinced a product owner, an engineer, a designer that experimentation, CRO, this is worth doing. A product owner who maybe doesn't have that strategist to help manage all those things or an engineer who doesn't have that strategist. or Maybe they have a shitty strategist. Yeah. How does a product owner go through and say, I respect and get the value of experimentation? How do I actually do it?
0: Obviously, you have to educate yourself. You cannot just start saying, I'm going to do tests and experimentation and I'm going to build the culture of experimentation without actually having them...
1: You don't just flip a switch and it Yeah, it doesn't work
0: like that. I mean, you don't have to be... Listen, you don't have to be an expert in everything. You have to be seasoned. Like, that's the word. You just have to season yourself a bit to understand...
1: A T-shaped marketer, right? You
0: can be an I-shaped marketer, and that's still good. You know, you can... You. you. I am very much I. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Um, But you have to... educate yourself I don't think there's any future in product if you don't tinker a bit with the concepts and you know the fundamentals of experimentation it's just like the basic stuff you already might know this when you're using data to come up with different hypotheses and then based on that data that you get which can be from anyone or from any type of tool that makes you think about stuff and then those things can either be proven or not so as a product owner you see that shit all the time you see it in tickets you see it in meetings in stand-ups, you see it from your team, you see it from the users, you see it from leadership. So what experimentation does for you is just basically gives you a platform to validate or invalidate all the stuff that people come and throw at you. So that's how I would perceive it. That's how I would do it. And you have to also educate yourself. Clearly, you need to take some courses.
1: So I think the very easy answer is take CXL classes, take Tons' class. There's a bunch of really dope or classes all the you resources
0: take. that Spiro has. Like that shit, I don't even believe that shit is. Free.
1: Some great blueprints. There is a balance of learn and do
0: yeah and I want to
1: explore that a little bit more with you because the learn piece I think is pretty straightforward yeah take a class but I it's kind of a challenge I have with school in general like if you have an MBA can you run a business like probably not because you need hands-on experience to actually do it you might be book smart but can you actually do the things yeah that you've learned and that's a very different skill I actually skew towards more of the doing piece and learning by doing, like as we run experiments and we learn that something fails, well, we've we've learned something new. Connections are made in the brain and we say, Okay, yeah, oven is hot do not touch oven. If you run a test and you didn't QA it properly, fix your process to fucking QA better. You learn a lot by failing and you control it in the same way that experimentation is. But if you're a product owner, like what are some ways maybe you could dip your toe into testing without blowing up the site and running a site-wide redesign test that fucks up everything?
0: You can go on intercom or whatever you're using for customer support.
1: It's a great idea, right? Like chatbots, stuff like that.
0: I did this so much at CXL and you can go on intercom and test different macros. See which ones work. Where even a cool thing based on uh, specific answers you get on your customer support chat you can call those answers and collect that data to see how many people are complaining about the product feature how many people are complaining about this small things like this you can do that doesn't break the whole shit even if you're sending app notifications that's the easiest shit you can go and tinker with and it's so easy you don't need to redesign and re-release the app you can go i I use firebase a lot for mobile app testing Mm -hmm. if you have a mobile app and you have Firebase you can actually do that from Firebase interface and you can tinker with notifications instead of saying hey how are you today you can say right. howdy partner you know or some dumb shit like that but still it's something and it gives you some sort of satisfaction or even pop-ups on the site this small stuff that doesn't break your website but it's just about having the appreciation that you see that you made a decision based on your insights based on data but even based on your gut in the beginning like you have to start somewhere I don't I don't this that at all if you train your brain to have critical thinking but also have doubt and i really am saying doubt a lot because i want you to use that meme with doubt.
1: press x to doubt or exactly up
0: to doubt. exactly like doubt you have to build doubt you have to doubt everything like you cannot just blindly believe the shit i challenge you to say it's not doubt it's you just know, but i wanted you to i wanted you to use that meme so that's what I was saying.
1: Belt. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. You just want to use the meme. I get it, you're meme-centric. You are talking to the meme lord. Doubt. So it is truly appreciated. It's flexing the muscle of that, like, challenge mindset. Challenge, bro. Not everything you're doing is just working. If it exists, challenge everything. You know, it's funny. I used to shit on button color tests all the time. Yeah. And I, I think don't. because... <laughs> yeah. I think it's something that junior people will misunderstand as I am doing experimentation at a high level. There might not be all the guardrails to run it properly. Mm. But if you're running a button color test to try something out, dip your toes in. Fuck it. I used to hate that. I've changed my tune. And I do think it's important to flex that curiosity mindset to be like, I do wonder what happens if we do this. Exactly. If you are trying to break into CRO it's okay if not every test is the best possible fucking test you could run yeah if you're flexing that curiosity muscle and mindset it's okay if you're a huge company and you're just running 20,000 button color tests and doing nothing else and you have the resourcing and maturity yeah maybe reconsider what you're doing. Or right, let me end on this final note here and ask you this question. We talk about dipping your toes into experimentation with maybe a button color test. And maybe there's a like, all right, you need to wear some floaties, right? You need to make sure you have some type of protection that you don't just run a WYSIWYG button color test and it like fucks up the code of the rest of your site. You should try it, but have guardrails. What would be some advice that Juliana has around the try it with guardrails? What would be the things that you would tell someone how to learn and break into it to protect yourself from fucking up the site and your job
0: so this is a very data-centric answer that i have i would say look at your funnels your top of the funnel your middle of the funnel bottom of the funnel and see where are some places where you still have traffic so you can have some sort of results but look at the steps of the funnel and how it affects the purchase. So for instance, if you are on the product description page, and for instance, you have this, I don't know, social proof type of carousel, right? And you see that people click on that before they purchase, you would see that that's kind of like important to the purchasing action. So you have to find an action that indeed can affect the decision making but it doesn't fuck it up like you you want you, you still want people to be able to purchase So if you're on the product page thinker maybe with the product description a bit if you want or a headline or whatever like exactly as you said the color button put some the you know try a banner that's a different color obviously have in mind accessibility and all that shit you have to look at data you cannot just jump and try to do things and think in your mind ah this cannot affect because you don't know what affects or doesn't affect the customer journey so very, very important for any CRO, for any analyst, for any marketers to fully understand the customer journey.
1: If we were to summarize this whole conversation to say you are trying to break into CRO, Yeah. What should you do? If I had to regurgitate what we kind of just discussed, it would basically be take a class to try and understand the foundations that will build some guardrails in. And then on the process side, there's a lot of good Spiro blueprints. Check out just general blueprints and process so you understand. There are basic principles to testing. You don't just literally throw shit at the wall, see what sticks. You don't test what everyone else is testing. Figure out through your own data, what's important to you, your website and your users, and use that to focus your tests on. And if you test something small, like a button color test that's backed in some amount of data, it's okay. If that's your first couple tests trying to figure it out, it's okay to test small while dipping your toes, as long as you've added those guardrails of using your data to focus in on what is important. And with testing, dude, it's always controlled risk. It's not the end of the world if that first test loses and you're trying your best to learn about experimentation because that's just what we do
0: one thing i would add there which is something i forgot and it's important a <laughs> b testing is just a task that's it there's so much shit you can do in an, in an experimentation program i have a new client coming from january TLDR. The they haven't done much experimentation and A-B testing, but they want to. I'm not gonna throw them to test immediately. I'm gonna spend a few months with them just going through their data, auditing their data, auditing the customer journey, understanding how users are behaving, understanding customer feedback, voice of the customer data. This is still part of experimentation. Understanding the steps where people until people take that action that you want. So this is super important. So if you take the CXL mini degree, you also learn about heuristics and they I just launched right now this course with uh, Emma and um, and uh, Gertrude and uh, and Lucia and Ben and I think that's a great one that you can take to understand customer research like that's still a huge part of experimentation and data analysis it's a huge part. It's kind of like you're easing yourself into it because that's the part of the, of the program that actually gives you the right tools to have thoughts in, men- in mind and whatever like instead of just like figuring out oh what should I test you will know what to test because you're looking at the data you know where to test what to test and you know like what's the data that validates you having those thoughts so that's kind of really really cool so i would start there then as shiva said like try to find some guardrails and some uh, blueprints for how you should start about this and just be happy about it because you just ran your first ap test it doesn't matter Fuck it. it doesn't matter if it wins or loses
1: i love this we should celebrate celebrate everyone's first AB test.
0: Yeah. I say the same thing to my clients and we were like super happy like we I have another client that's a bank and we ran our first A/B test together and it was mostly like an A test because there wasn't too many differences but we were so freaking happy that this lost completely bombed, <laughs> of course but what we learned because it was a form opti you know about it it was a form optimization test I did some um, descriptive uh, text on fields man that shit was killing it you know how happy me and the client were look at this now we know this like in the website redesign let's put this already like this is so cool so you have to celebrate this you did all this fucking effort you ran that test even if it loses don't listen to people that argue over winning and losing it doesn't matter what matters is what you learn from it that's it
1: yeah well that is a fantastic segue into the linkedin post of the week so join us after the break for this linkedin post of the week All right. LinkedIn posts of the week time. So this post comes courtesy of Ryan Thomas. Ooh. It was very interesting that you brought up around you learned something with the test because the summary of Ryan's post, if I had to rephrase it, is basically there are folks who use test to learn as some buzzword bullshit, basically. Oh, OK. Well, let me quote a couple things from his post. A lot of people on here will make you think you're a complete buffoon for wanting tests to improve a metric or even for calling tests winners or losers. After all, as they say, even losing tests provide valuable learnings. So a little bit of a spicy take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He continues, What is the point of learning from a test when that learning doesn't ultimately lead to a win? And not the kind of win where everyone gets a ribbon for everyone trying their best and having fun. I mean, a met you know, a measurable positive financial impact. He continues on, but it is spicy because there's a lot of like, there is no losing test. I preach this a lot. Sometimes that is an oversimplification. Mm, mm, mm. If all you do is run 70 tests and they all have lost and you just learned that 70 things didn't work and you tried to sell that to a client, they'd be like, what? (laughs) Can we win one time, please? That's a critical call out that Ryan had on there where it's important to have wins. Of course. And the test to learn is process. But ultimately, if your process is losing 70 tests, and winning and like literally having a conversion rate lifting test zero times take a look at your process because there's probably something not going right there
0: for sure and listen like what our context of the conversation is for people that just start with a b testing like it's your first test then you should celebrate and be happy and kiss your wife or your husband (sighs) and your dog or whatever but if you are a mature company that has an experimentation program running at least for a year or two, because it takes kind of a year to build a decent working one. If you're on a year two, and if you're still excited about little shit, then Yes, for sure, it's a problem. Like you kind of need to uh, attach, as you said. Like I love your your problem statement solutions, but with a metric, attach uh, attach them with the uh, the solutions that you have, attach them to a metric, attach them to a product goal or a website goal or a KPI, and measure that shit because you wanna do progress. In the beginning, when you're just building the pro the pro the program. It's very normal for you to fuck up but that that's it's it's it's, we all went through this i went through this i was so wrong and i learned for sure but for sure there are people that never learn from mistakes and then they go on linkedin and be excited about about i've seen so many posts with like oh my god i increased the conversion rate to three percent and you have a sample size of 160 people but hey
1: someone stole my happy friday to everyone except post (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's cool. But no, like, I agree with Ryan. I think once you're over that phase of the beginning and just, like, learning, like, we're talking about people that are just learning this shit. Yes.
1: Very important
0: distinction. Very important distinction. But if you're, like, a senior strategist, you're on year two or three of your program, and you are not providing uh, results and progress, because that's the word, progress, because results, is it, it can be anything. But if you don't provide any progress that's tied to revenue, that's tied to cov or other metrics that matter then you're definitely having a faulty program in place so you need to go back to square one en- and see where are you fucking up so no i agree with ryan and it's good good on him for calling this shit out that i it, you know what I, I i approve of that message i approve of that message
1: the call out around know your audience and know who you're talking to is important because i talk about tests to learn all the time me too because the people I'm trying to talk to are the junior, junior folks and people who don't get experimentation, understand the value. Likewise. Talking to them and saying, hey, it's like especially that you said that first that person who runs that first test, it's okay if it loses. I promise. Who cares? It's okay if it loses. If you've run 70 more and they all lose, then maybe identify ways to get better at it. Yeah. But You won't go to the gym one day and then just have six-pack abs. And if you do, tell me how you did it. (laughs) Because I want to know. Then it won't work for me because I'm different. Anyway, yes, I think ultimately the point is know your audience. And I think who Ryan is talking to is the folks who are trying to generalize this test to learn to everything. To everything, yeah. In no context and no nuance to say it's okay if every test you run loses as long as you learn. At some point, you do have to generate positive impact.
0: Absolutely. Otherwise, it's not meaningful enough like the changes because that's that's it. Like experimentation is the process of doing meaningful changes, right for a website for app for the customer journey. So clearly, if you're not getting any results or wins, you get some losses, but you actually those losses from the test actually show you some critical shit or meaningful shit because you can get you to win exactly you are still getting there like it's it's it has to be compounding if it's not compounding after a certain amount of months then you're not actually making progress you're just still a, or square or square one so you need to like yeah constantly audit your program and see what are the things that are okay and they're producing you know this type of progress or and the shit that doesn't so
1: To put it full circle, I think we both agree with Ryan's general sentiment that test to learn is a valuable process, but ultimately that
0: process... But it's nascent. It's nascent. It's just the beginning, right? It's
1: the start. It gets you towards that end result of ultimately winning. If all you're doing is learning and you haven't won (laughs) a single thing and you haven't lifted conversion rate at any point in your program, there's a challenge with your program and you should investigate why... You've learned so much, you never done anything <laughs> exactly. about it.
0: You never learned yeah. your lesson.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a very positive <laughs> note to end on for this episode. Juliana, run the jewels. Jackson. That's me. So where, the, where can the folks find you, Juliana, y- besides your awesome podcast, The Standard Deviation Podcast?
0: People can find me on LinkedIn and on Twitter on blue sky also i'm at juliana j a xx and uh yeah and on my website juliana uh, uh, line no juliana minus jackson.com
1: sweet and i'll make sure i plug all that juliana it's been a pleasure we'll definitely have you back on as as a second timer on this podcast so we'll definitely have you again thank you all so much for tuning in and if you've la- gotten to this point please drop us a like subscribe leave five-star reviews don't leave any one-star reviews <laughs> otherwise you're dead to me and until next time Thanks, y'all.
0: Thank you.